One year, I kind of got an idea. You know, I want to try trap. I like to trap. I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? I would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the furball. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Representing trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Purpose and Game magazine. There's structure from Perigo Gorman. Perg Lennon's articles, the Perg Lennon ads to information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. All right, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because work it ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got very much the same as the you got bogged down. They started talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't know, get them better. Trying to set predator traps and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like it gets sheared. You better edit this part out. Yeah, it was better. Back in the first shed, this is Trapping Today Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thanks for tuning in. It's great to have you here. The podcast is presented by Kotz Brothers Lures, K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Kyle and Kellen Kotz run a trapping supply business out of Savannah, Illinois. They will hook you up with anything you need to get started on the trap line, so check them out. Great guys, great service. Also brought to you by Fur Harvesters Auction, where the world comes to buy wild fur. You can find them at furharvesters.com where you can get information on agent information, pickup locations, auction schedule, auction results, and anything you need to know to get your fur up to the major auction house, the only auction house that's left. These guys are trappers themselves, and uh, they work hard to get our fur in front of as many buyers as possible and get the best price that we can. So check them out, furharvesters.com, and thanks, guys, for sponsoring the podcast. All right, in tonight's episode, we have a, uh, a trapper that you might not think much about, the, the Massachusetts trapper. There aren't any Massachusetts trappers, are there? You don't really hear about that. They're, you know, Massachusetts trapping. Can you still trap in Massachusetts? Uh, well, you kind of can. So we talked with Patrick from Massachusetts, a great guy and a listener, regular listener of the podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about trapping in Mass and... Uh, where it's at, you know, he had a really interesting story. He actually, uh, I think he watched an episode of the Meat Eater podcast or Meat Eater TV show with Steve Rinella and talked about they were beaver trapping and talked about eating beaver meat and he wanted to try it. So he got into trapping kind of to, you know, try out beaver meat and see what it was like. And, and, uh, it, you know, like all of us, when you start trapping, the, the bug bites you and that's the end of it. You're addicted. So Patrick talks about, uh, his experiences, how to trap there, and the things that he has to go through to actually do what you know we take for granted on a regular basis, as well as things to think about in terms of how we promote trapping and how we uh, represent ourselves as trappers overall uh, to the general public. So I hope you enjoy it. Thanks again. It's great to have you guys, and uh, enjoy the episode. Patrick from Massachusetts. That is not a place I think of uh, when I think trapping. So what's going on there? 
Um, it's certainly uh, it's certainly not not friendly for a lot of things. Um, and at the same time, you know, we have some some beautiful public lands. We have some uh, you know wonderful opportunities. But just our uh, our means of take are uh, are a bit are a bit tricky, uh, especially starting out. Can, is res- um, restricted a good word? <laughs> um, I, I think uh, draconian probably better. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's not, it's tough. So I think I, I discussed with you an email a little bit, but just for, you know, maybe folks that don't know, uh, we're only allowed to use cage or box style traps um, with a few small exceptions. Uh, we can use like Hancock and Bailey's style trap for beavers. Um, but we have to be especially careful with those, the way they're set. Um, you know, as well as, um, we're able to use common rat traps, uh, for taking of weasels. Um, and then there are, there is actually an emergency process where we, we can use conibears, but we have to file a special, um, request with either, Fish and Wildlife, or with the, the town that the issue is taking place in, their Board of Health. Okay. Um, and that creates all sorts of issues, too, because some some Boards of Health um, are like, and what's also included in that is if we needed to um, take down a, a beaver lodge or a muskrat hut, or uh, if we needed to breach a dam, that's within that permit as well. Um, so some Board of Health um, or no, like no problem. You know, there's an issue. There's a, there's, you have to prove that there's a threat to health or human safety or property. Um, and some board of health, if you just, you know, state your case, they'll just, no problem. You know, they'll, uh, grant you the permit, other board of health. Um, they get the, uh, conservation commission involved and they want to survey the site. I've, I've had, uh, friends of mine who do like animal damage work like myself, um, have they wanted they wanted to know when they were checking their traps they wanted to come along with them when they were checking their traps and i've even heard of um you know some board of health even getting the uh the word out in the public that they were utilizing a a trapper um basically putting it out in the public discussion which caused a huge backlash and they had protests and, and picketing and and things like that so it's a it's certainly not the most friendly state. Um, you know, one of my goals is just trying to trying to change that, trying to uh, you know to, to educate people on uh, this you know the science based wildlife management tool that is trapping, um, and just you know clear up some of the misconceptions. I live um, just outside uh, like the five college area, which is a very 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 uh, jokingly referred to as the soy belt if you will. Um, but it's a very, it's a very liberal area. Um, but in the same time, you know, a lot of those folks and a lot of the, the things that are in vogue, uh, like organic farming and organic foods and, you know, folks getting back to the land, you know, I, I really try to raise awareness of, you know, how much work I do with farms and stuff. Uh, just as, you know, trapping is a, a phenomenal tool for organic farming. Yeah, you know, absolutely. if you want to, if you want to raise free range chickens, you have to have, you know, some sort of predator management. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're not using harsh pesticides and things like that, um, you know, it's a really great 
opportunity, you know, sometimes do some work for trade, get some, get some fresh meat or some nice, you know, grass-fed meat or some, you know, food and stuff like that, or sometimes some money and stuff like that. Um, so it's, uh, I'm really all about, you know, making allies and, and trying to open people's eyes to, to what trapping is and, and also, you know, clearing up a lot of the, the misconceptions that surround it. Cause I, I, I'll, you know, I'll just a tiny bit about myself. Like I, I didn't grow up doing this. I didn't have like a grandfather that trapped my grandfather hunted a little bit, but he mostly took walks with a gun. Uh, I think my father went out bird hunting once or twice. So I, I grew up, you know, fishing, but I was an adult onset hunter and adult onset trapper. And it was oddly enough, I was actually, uh, Steve Ranella, one of the episodes where he traps beaver that, uh, that got me interested in it. And I wanted to figure out, uh, no kidding. trapping yep. so I could chase beaver because I really want to try it. To, to, to try beaver meat basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and that kind of took me down this whole rabbit hole. And then I, you know, <laughs> got to the, you know, well, I was like, well, you can't just, you can't just harvest, uh, can't just harvest, you know, prey species. You have to harvest the predators too. You want the prey species to be abundant, you know? And, uh, yeah, they got me into that, that, all, that whole thing. <laughs> That's awesome. So how did you take those steps from, uh, watching meat eater and okay, this is what I want to do to, Oh, now what, what do I, <laughs> you know, you've got a, a pile of different things to learn and navigate and figure out. So how'd you get through that? Well, so, you know, in, in, in this talk, I might offer some criticism, uh, to mass wildlife, but I couldn't be more at my core. I couldn't be more of a supporter to mass fish and wildlife. Um, like the hunter safety and the trapper safety programs, they really are phenomenal. Um, and, and also through that, you know, a lot of the trapping ed instructors, I, I kind of, you know, annoyed the crap out of, and, uh, <laughs> just, you know, a few of them, uh, uh, took me under the wing. Uh, I got in, involved with mass trappers of the state organization. Um, and just, there's been some phenomenal networking through that and, and just some, some of the best friends you can have, um, you know, just, you know, uh, my good friend Nick said, you know, he's like, when you join, when you start trapping, like you're now part of a brotherhood. Like, yeah. It's not even friends. You have brothers everywhere and sisters and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's uh there's quite a connection there, especially I can imagine in a state where it, that may be looked down upon by a lot of people or just not really misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So you so you you went through the course and and you figured out what you needed for equipment. You met some people, and uh, what what was your first yeah, catch? I, my first catch was actually a fisher. Um, <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> um, which is not, which is an odd first catch, uh, and uh, it was um, it was uh, it was we have a very very short fisher season. So our fisher season's like 22 days. Wow. Yeah. So it was um, four days out of season, and so I, I had to I had to let it walk. Um, okay, and this is, is you know, this is a this is a cage trap. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's like a like a run of the mill have a heart trap. I literally when I got started, I just I just scoured Craigslist trying to find anybody selling any size cage trap because they're ungodly expensive it's not the sort of thing that's the other prohibitive thing is you know what you can get 
you know, couple couple dozen footholds for not that much. You can get a couple dozen cona bears for not that much. You know, one one quality cage strap is going to run you a hundred and sixty to two hundred and sixty dollars, depending on the size. Yeah. Never mind the uh, the suitcase style ones, mm-hmm. um, which I was actually lucky enough. Um, I had a bunch of beaver sets. My like my the first year I did it was was horrific. Like I just I was I was super disheartened, and you know, uh, my my buddy Joe, uh, you know, who kind of took me under his wing, um, showed me a lot of stuff and, and taught me a lot of stuff. He's actually in the eastern part of the state, so we want to talk about difficult opportunities and stuff. He's got even yeah you know more difficulties where I'm at least out west and I have a lot of public land and a lot of wilderness. Um, but uh, he was he has actually kind enough. Uh, another trapper had given him like a Bailey's style trap. Uh, and he, he gave it to me. So I'm looking forward to hopefully someday in the future, you know, finding somebody in the, the same, the same, uh, the same place and maybe, you know, styling them out with a few traps just to get them into it and get them going. Sure. But it's, it's, it's tough, you know, like, I mean, I, I think you've talked about it before, but avid listener. Um, but you gotta have a fair amount of traps out there, you know, even setting on good signs and, when you can only afford, you know, half a dozen traps or so, you know, <laughs> on top of the just most animals really don't want to go into a cage. Yeah. Um, and just working with that. Yeah. I think I got a little off, off canter there, but. No, it's, it's, uh, and and the just we've talked about the bulkiness of the cages and and where do you put them all and everything else and how far can you pack it from the truck, so uh, so yeah it's it's a task. Um, are you trapping? It's only limited, it's only limited by uh, by how crazy you are. Yeah, <laughs> and and are you, are you doing your beaver trapping with cages or are you using those Hancock style um, suitcase style I, traps? I do some of both. Yeah. Um, I've had good luck. Uh, Jim Comstock from Comstock Cages, he makes a phenomenal trap. Yeah. And one of the one of the nicest guys you ever meet. I actually um, had a job where I needed to go get some more and to save on the shipping. He's only about two hours from me, so I drove up. But they're they're the, the nicest people. Um, they make a, a a really good product. Then the only qualm I could say is that you know you can't fold it up into a cube or something. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what I'll often do is uh, take a, if I, you know, setting up a line, I'll put a couple cages inside of cages and throw it in an ice fishing sled. Um, also, they have those like big, thick, spongy cords. I'll, uh, you know, slap a couple of those on it and carry one like a backpack yep. uh, while, while I'm dragging some. But sometimes it's, you know, I find like, a, you know, I, this year I had some stuff where I uh, was trapping some power lines and I just grabbed three cages and I walked all the way to the end to just set my way back and then walked back to the vehicle and grabbed some more cages. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get, I want to get a pic, get some pictures of you and uh, Vince from Washington with those cages nested inside each other, packing them on your backs out in the woods. I, I, I think that'd be kind of cool. I mean, I, I don't want to see, you know, I don't want a picture of me crying from exhaustion <laughs> online. <laughs> no, you do it just, just as you're leaving the truck before you wore out. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so, uh, no, they are heavy. And it, does, it does create some challenges. We also uh, recently in Mass, we had a an anti-drowning bill passed. 
Oh, really? So we can't even. Well, we were never allowed to use colony traps, anyways. Um, so now you have but, to now you have to set these so they're out of the water, partly out of the water. It has to at least be partially out of the water so they can poke their nose up and get a breath. Oh boy! <laughs> so what, what, what happened with that was uh, just the uh, you know the the antis and especially like the MSPCA folks. Um, it, it was honestly really terrible how it took transpired, but um, people would move out of a house and there'd be like twelve dozen cats living there, and landlords would just drown them. Yeah. So it was originally just a domestic animal thing, um, and then the antis got a hold of it and added wildlife as well. Um, and then they, they also felt the need, uh, this is a little, uh, I apologize if this is uncouth, but they also they realized that there wasn't a, a bestiality statute on the books in Massachusetts. <laughs> so they added, on, on to, they tacked onto this bill an a, a anti-bestiality component. So yeah, who's, who's going to vote against that? Who's gonna? Yeah, it's a political suicide to say you're against uh, you're against you're against the drowning <laughs> bill that also includes that. Oh my god, so that's, just, that's insane. So it, it it creates its own its own challenges. I mean, we have to dispatch with a firearm. Uh, you have to be 150 feet from a road or 500 feet from an occupied dwelling. So, you know, even for um, like guys who do animal damage stuff, that created a whole issue, not just not just the fact that they were removing some very efficient sets as far as, you right. know, setting a, setting a Comstock in a, in a deep channel is a money set. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's like a conibear. Yeah, it's, it's almost better because it's bigger, mm-hmm. you know, in some ways, you know. It's got its, it's, got its uh, pros and cons. And, um, but they, so they removed that, so that added, you know, additional additional complexity. And as far as now you got to worry about, you know, Make, can, do, can, do I have to drag this cage with a live critter in it somewhere where I can, where I can legally discharge a firearm? Um, you know, the other approved method where, you know, kind of scratch your head like, well, how how am I going to, you know, this, this final dislocation. Okay, you got a fisher cat or an otter in a cage. Yeah. Uh, do, do tell me how you intend on a, on a <laughs> dispatching that in that manner. I'd love to, I'd love to watch. Not really <laughs> because it's, it's terrible. And then, you know, it's it's difficult too because you know the cage. I want to be tactful with how I say this, but you know, in some circumstances, cages can be less humane than 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 kill traps or drowning traps or footholds. You know, and again, that's I do everything in my power to make sure that's not the case. But you know, it's you know, cold weather, animals can expire. You know, they're not able to move around. Like it's it's. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, the uh, what's what's humane and the whole definition of humane is a a sliding scale, you could say. Uh, But but there are some things, you know, when you get to the edges of the scale uh, that we all kind of can agree on. And, you know, one of the things that comes to mind that I remember Bob Noonan was talking this past summer at convention about, uh, you know, a skunk in the middle of the yard with no shade in a cage trap. And, yeah. and, you know, it's sitting out there in a, a sunny day when it's 90 degrees. You know, I, I think we could all agree that's not the best situation for that skunk. Um, right. I mean, it's not a human being. It is a skunk. But but uh, still, right. you know, there there's things we can do to avoid that. Um, and but, I, try, I try to tell people, too, like, you have to remember, like, this is, this is a hell of a lot less cruel than whatever death this animal would have faced in nature. Right. 
and, and that's something that gets people thinking really because it's, it's true you know and it i think it's like an old Teddy roosevelt quote like you, there's no old age in nature no you either starve to death freeze to death or get eaten by something else yeah you know and so and, and the same with the with the drowning thing it's it's super anti-science because I know there was only one survey, and I'm, I'm, I should be more well versed on it. But there was a study, I believe, on um, just the uh, the terminal dive study that's never been recreated for obvious reasons. I, am, I, I imagine it's a tough one to get funding for, but basically, <laughs> it's uh, it seems that especially aquatic fur bearers, yeah. you know, it's it's they they, they gas out like they a, don't like drown. A, like a they, they don't right. drown. They they don't uh, right. They don't allow water to enter their lungs. Right. Um, and that's that's the point I was going to make. You beat me to it. Is uh, drowning set for a dog or a cat or, or any it's land animal is far, far different than a drowning set Absolutely. for a water animal. Absolutely. And, and it's and, too bad know, the word drowning is, it, there's a connotation associated with that word, but it's not the same thing. Right. And I don't, I don't want to, you know, uh, that's not a, an argument I want to have with an EPO you know, or an environmental police officer, as we call them out here. Um, you know, it's if, if you got a drowned critter and you're trying to make the point, like, no, no, officer. Yeah, you, you can't. Yeah, that, it, once it, that's the thing where people need to recognize that once it becomes law, there's not much you can do about it short of changing the law. And so right. that's what, and, that, and I, I wanted to, to get into that with you is, because I'm starting to feel a little trapped in this conversation right now because <laughs> hearing all these regulations is getting me, getting me uh, a, a little bit uh, uh, scared for for some of us trappers in other places because uh, it, it's yeah. kind of like you're going down this this tunnel that's getting narrower and narrower in terms of what you can do. So Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, so and, thinking and back... Places like New Hampshire are even on the chopping block, which I would have never thought, you know, in my lifetime, you know, New Hampshire has a, has a, a, a ban on the book. So whether or not that has any, any, you know, if it's going to even pass the sniff test, but that, that's, that's scary. You know, the live for your die New Hampshire is thinking about banning recreational trapping. I'm just worried, you know, yeah. once California fell, that's not, that's, that's, that's scary stuff. So, uh, considering your experience in mass, um, I believe it was 96. It was a ballot initiative in 1996 that banned, uh, what they call leg hold traps. What we all, we usually call foothold traps. Um, and then it kind of cascaded from there. So, so considering that and considering where all this came from, uh, do you have some, some pointers that, that trappers in other States can kind of, uh, try to practice in order to to sort of prevent prevent this from happening in their state. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think a big thing and what I've I've been trying to you know push with mass trappers is um, we really want to educate the public on how you know footholds work as live restraining devices as you know tools to use for science that they use to tag wolves and relocate river otters and stuff like that, which. You know, before I took trap red, I had no idea. You know, I, I had no idea. Everyone pictures, you know, and I know it's been said before, but like the quintessential Disney movie bear trap that's, you know, horrific. Um, it's, it's, it's that. I, sport, sportsmen across the board, um, we need to be tactful. And 
I get it makes my blood boil when when the antis start just spewing heinous heinous stuff that's got no basis in science that's misinformed that's oftentimes just outright lies and misinterpretations but the other side of that coin and I we, we do need to be careful about in the manner we betray ourselves and I think you know making sure that we're, we're, we're showing you know showing these animals respect and dignity and utilizing the meat and utilizing the resource and, and putting up fur and wearing fur and, and pushing fur as a, you know, a renewable green resource, you know, and I, I think getting involved with the, with the national trappers, getting involved with your local organization, reaching out. Um, I, I read a, a, a phenomenal, or I listened to a phenomenal uh, podcast about the, the quality deer management guys. Um, and I'd, I'd love to do something at farmer's markets and maybe set up a little booth with some traps and with some furs and, and, you know, in season, maybe have some, some beaver meat cooked up and just tell people what it's all about and say, you know, we can, we can utilize this resource and we can, you know, nobody wants abundant wildlife more than sportsmen. You know, <laughs> like, like, yeah. like the more, the more wildlife, the better. Like I'm, I'm super pro like wild spaces and, and preserving wild spaces and, and having abundant but healthy population. Yeah. And there's a my 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 buddy Joseph. I'm going to quote him, and it's one of my favorite things he's ever said. Um, the, the one that took me under his wing. He goes, you know, the problem in Massachusetts is they either want to see wildlife as intrinsic value or a nuisance. You know, mm-hmm. they see there's something <laughs> nice to look at, or something that's that's under your deck, or or flooding your 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 fields, or or something like that. They don't they don't they have such a disconnect of, of, you know, using a resource to and, feed and clothe the family and stuff. And I, I, I don't think enough people, you know, really push that, that side of it. Yeah. And trappers see all three angles, right? Intrinsic value, nuisance, right. and uh, utilize a, a, a resource, a renewable resource that can be used. I mean, I push the, I, I make the point, you know, that I, I, I argue that any sportsman cares far more about animals than any anti because we're willing to kill them for the greater good. And that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough pill to swallow. And that's a tough argument to make. How could you kill something you love so much? But it just, it, it tears me up when I see a, a mangy fox or a mangy coyote, or I see a coyote dead on the road, just all, all torn up. You know, it's, it's, I don't see how that, that's a, a better alternative. And, you know, it's a, uh, you know, they did in Massachusetts, you bought the 96 band. They did even have to backtrack because the beaver population exploded some, something like threefold. Yeah. I think there's the, the numbers the were like 20 from 20,000 to 70,000, something like that. Yeah. It was, it was more, more than threefold. So they did, that's what they did the emergency process. And if you look at, you know, our, our coyote population, it is ridiculous. I've seen more coyotes during the daytime than I'd ever seen before. And it, it's because I know people have done it, but man, it sure is hard to get a coyote in a cage. I haven't, I haven't been able to do it. Yeah. You know? it's, it seems it, it's it, unreasonable <laughs> to, to expect right. that. But, and then, you know, we have the, the new coyote band, which is that we were banning the coyote hunting contests and they want to, they want to attack the season. It's just, it, 
they'll they'll grasp at every little inch. So it's really, you know, about fighting every little change you can, but also getting out in front of it and, and just making sure that, you know, they got no dirty laundry to air. And, you know, I love, don't get me wrong, I love gripping grins. I love that quintessential, you know, old barn photo with all the furs lined up. You know, I think that's classy, but, you know, some stuff, I think we do need to be, you know, kind of conscientious about, you know, how does this portray trappers? Is this good for trapping? Is this showing respect for the animal and the resource? And, and it's, it's a, it's a cathartic thing when you have to kill something. It's, you're happy that you're successful, but then there's, there's this, uh, that I, I feel, I feel personally, it's, it's a, just a over, overwashed with emotions, just joy and sadness and, and just, respect and, and reverence and it, it's just i wouldn't trade it for anything yeah and so uh we know the the old saying demographics is destiny and uh it doesn't seem as though you're going to change the demographics in massachusetts so it seems like uh the things that you are you're suggesting is is sort of working towards changing the culture um and I think those are awesome suggestions. There's one thing that I I would add to that, is is how finding ways to recruit more uh, Josephs, Nicks, Patricks, um, mm-hmm. even though it's so difficult to get trapping there and to be effective, finding ways to attract more people uh, to 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 help spread the word about trapping. Absolutely, and I think this is going to be a, a touchy issue that I don't want to glance over too quick. But I think also, you know, in this, you know, political correct nature, one of the other tactics that the anti seem to use is that, you know, trapping is this, is this, you know, the, 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 the issue of, you know, the whitewashedness of, of hunting and trapping and outdoors and stuff like that. And if you actually look into the history of it in, in native cultures and, um, I was actually been reading some accounts and I want to delve into it more of just uh, African-American mountain men who, you know, were free slaves and then went to the, the fur trade, you know, and, and were, you know, exploring West. It's not, it's, it couldn't be farther from the truth. It's trapping is for everyone, right? you know, and, and getting, getting more groups that have fallen out of touch. I mean, there have been, you know, Native Americans who used to rely on fur bearers, you know, for clothing, yep. for food, that just, you know, their their culture in some places, they've lost that and reaching out to those communities and reaching out, you know, people that, you know, even folks that live in the inner cities, that live in the cities, getting them, you know, finding them ways to, to trap, even if it's, you know, chasing chasing raccoons that are, are digging through dumpsters, you know, maybe not the best table fare, um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, you could still, you can still find it in, in densely populated areas and, and just reaching out to those folks that maybe thought, I don't even think I could even do this, showing them that they can, they can start out with a couple traps and build up and build up and, and yeah, get in, get into it. And it's, you know, I got, I have two boys which is part of the reason too, that I got into it. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, when they got old enough, if this is something they want to do, um, you know, that they wouldn't have to just kind of figure it out and, and, and granted, I didn't. I definitely didn't figure it out on my own. But I, there were some. There were some growing pains in finding those those resources. It's it's good to know um, 
that you have that, you know, your father or your, your father's friend or, or your, you know, some family member. Yeah. Um, and I think you mentioned this, we're talking about wearing the, uh, the got skunk shirt. I, I try to, um, <laughs> yeah. as much as possible, wear, wear something, wear something trapping related and, and, and talk to people. And, and, you know, it, I do other work as well, but I, I'd like to move to the point where I do the animal damage stuff or not just animal damage, but work with people to create like sustainable habitat for everything. That would be the, the, the prime goal of my, my animal damage stuff is not just extirpation, but how do we, how do we manage for wildlife and keep everything in check? Is that's the, that's the 10 year plan. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I was trailing off. I lost my train of thought a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, you're, t- you're talking pr- uh, teaching, getting more people into trapping, getting kids into right. trapping, having having those people. Because, look, when California got down to about 100 trapping licenses sold a year, um, yep. those guys didn't have trappers to, to rely on and share ideas with and and work right. together with. Um, they, it was pretty much Absolutely. done. So, And that's another thing to, to definitely fight. Uh, to all of you out there, if it comes to your state, part of the issue with that, um, I was, I was, I'm not sure where I read it, but I believe uh, what part of the problem was they actually stopped issuing um, trapping licenses for problem animal guys um, or animal damage guys. Hmm. So basically, they they more more realistically, they had about five or six hundred trappers, but about five, you know, a good portion of them, you know. We're, we're just doing, you know, getting raccoons out of attics and, and yeah. doing the trapping from the animal damage side. Which, which and they were only counting the, the fur trappers. Yeah. And they yeah. used so that it, argument. It, they said, oh, well, we can't even justify funding the department with only 100 license, license barriers. Right. Um, so if they ever, you know, in, in states out there, if they ever try to, to make it so, you know, it might seem, if you're a nuisance guy, I mean, hey, you know, I, I know my nuisance my problem animal control license in mass is a hundred bucks. Um, but if they ever try to, you know, rather than, you know, Oh, let me save a hundred bucks. Like I will, I will fight that tooth and nail. Yeah. Um, so just, just so that prevents that sort of thing. And, and keeping a strong uh, association too. I mean, I, I know we can't say this enough, but guys, if wherever state you're out there trapping in or, or province in Canada, join your trappers association. Um, Yes, you may not agree with everything. You may not agree. I don't agree with what a lot of the stuff my Trapper Association is, has done, but um, in, it's for the greater good. You need to have a strong voice when trapping comes under attack. Um, you need to have people that are going to be out there at the legislature that are, are educating legislators on the consequences of, of the votes that they take. So, um, and, and the money, you know, you need, you need a, an avenue... Uh, to, for fundraising to, to try and get things done. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it can be tough too. You know, sometimes there's, there's some, you know, older folks that, you know, they, they're comfortable with the way things have been going and it's, it's difficult to, you know, stick your neck out and say, Hey, listen, what if we did something like, you know, just trying to get some new ideas in there and try to, to, you know, helping, trapping age in the, in, in the, in the era we're in, um, is it's, it's no small feat. Yeah. Yeah. 
But we got to do it because the those old people aren't getting any younger. <laughs> no. And take somebody new out on your trap line. I def- Another thing I try to do all the time, folks have never gone out, um, you know, take them out, show them what it's all about. And at the very least, you know, I have a few friends that have come out and that don't, don't have any interest in it. They're fascinated by what I do. Um, but they have a, a respect for, for how difficult it is, how, how hard I work and, you know, just the, the minutia of it, you know, is, is impressive. And that's the kind of, you know, it's, it's not this, uh, this image of some, you know, lace, lazy, you know, most people when they hear trapping, they think bona fide poacher. And this is, it's just absolutely just dead wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you guys can trap uh, Fisher with cages, uh, weasel, yep. weasel with rat traps, and yep. beaver with a permit. Um, and everything else is cages. Yeah. And can you trap bobcats? We can trap bobcats. We have a, uh, it's a, a, a 31 day season. Um, so it's from the November 1st um to the 31st yeah um so that is good um we have a hunting season for it too it's another it's another hair across my ass excuse my french (laughs) that uh our season our season's so early and we've even we've even brought up like hey can we push back fisher season we don't catch them in the early season like we should their numbers are fine we want to catch them when they're primed up we don't want to catch them in early november because they're still blue yeah um and and numerous times they're they're just concerned that if if it's even brought up that we might lose yeah because they probably figure a lot of people don't even know you can trap fishers right and there's also the issue that i'm gonna there might be some you know definitely double check this but we're one of the few states that fish and wildlife doesn't have you know autonomy over fish and wildlife they can be pushed aside by just a ballot initiative. Yep, um, we're one of those which too. <laughs> which is, it's, it, it's just, it's just infuriating. And I, I literally, it, it, I, it makes my blood boil yeah. um, that we don't, we don't refer to, you know, in a culture where, where we're so, you know, quick to judge folks for being quote unquote anti-science that something so anti-science and, and against, you know, the biology of it. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. All, all the, the states that have ballot initiatives, I used to know this. I, I don't know how many states there are. Uh, they are a minority of states um, overall. Too but, many. But every one of those states is a target for the, for the antis because they know mm-hmm. it's easy to pass things like this um, by ballot initiative because most voters are not educated on, on the issue. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's one thing to consider. If you have ballot initiative in your state, um, it's hard. To, I don't, there's not much you can do about it, but just recognize that uh, that is an avenue. And uh, there are there are cases where, like you know, Montana has ballot initiative, but because Montana is such a conservative state and a pro hunting, fishing, trapping state, uh, and and you know, a big livestock state. That when the antis came in there and tried to put trapping on the ballot, uh, they just went for tra- trapping on public lands, and and it, they didn't even get the votes they needed to to make the ballot. Um, <laughs> that, um, I I believe uh, that was the time the first time around. I can't remember what happened the second time around, but anyway, 
they basically, you know, the only way to stop the ballot initiative is a real grassroots effort to make sure people know what they're what they're signing what they're signing up for. I, I said votes, I meant signatures. Um, they couldn't get sure. enough signatures to meet the minimum requirements. But but yeah, that's uh, uh, th- that's a that's a a real big issue. Um, having uh, understanding who controls the wildlife laws in your state and and what you can and can't do, and and finding ways to change that, which is very difficult. Um, I want to know what this board of health thing is. I've never heard of a board of health before. Maybe it's just because of where I live. I don't know. So, um, to be to be perfectly honest, because on a day to day basis, I have very little interaction with them unless I'm pulling a permit. For some reason, they thought it fit to uh, have the uh, the town like board of health um, issue the emergency permits because it. You know, because of Jardia and things like that, it can be a, a public health issue uh, if you have if you're overrun with beavers and stuff like that. Um, I think that's why they did it. I'll I'll tell you when you go to file a emergency permit, uh, just bring the permit because they're not going to know where that that's filed, and <laughs> you might have to you might have to remind them or or pull out the law and let them know that they are in fact the ones that sign off on this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's, it's one of those weird things yeah and maybe they didn't want the division of wildlife to have control over it um i, I think you can circumvent the, the board of health it almost never happens but i think if fish and wildlife can issue a permit or right. if, for example if there was an issue that you could say look there's an issue on this public land i'd like to trap it i'm having difficulty getting them with cage trap can you issue a permit and that permit's only good for for 10 days yeah so you uh we sure know how to clean out a swamp quick. Um, <laughs> you, you got to. Yeah. And then I, there is a, there's an extension and then another extension process, but then it gets it gets pretty hairy. Yeah, everything gets to the point where it's like, okay, you can do it, but is it worth? They're going to put so many hurdles in your way of uh, that you have to jump through and hoops hoops to jump through, hurdles to jump over, and uh, it, it gets to a point where it's not worth the extra effort. I haven't found it yet, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> well, well, I for, for I, certain I'm people. Hoping to, uh, that, that's yeah, I'm that's hoping. a thing. You have to want it bad. And and obviously you yeah. get the passion for it, um, and you're willing to go through what it takes. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to maybe – maybe uh, uh, my my uh, my girlfriend has some uh, some shared, like, family property in, in the White Mountains in New Hampshire, and I'm only about 40 minutes from Vermont. So I've been thinking about, uh, you know, maybe maybe this year doing a doing a recreational line if if uh, time permits up that way. Nice, because um, it'd sure be fun to r- run some proper steel. Yeah, <laughs> an, <laughs> out, an out of state trip, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it just and I think I think for kill traps, Vermont is a three day check, um, so that I could I could go you know a couple days a week and then work out with work and stuff. That's yeah. our, our checks are uh, in mass. We have to check. It's not even. It's uh, we have to check between 4 a.m. and 10 p.m. every single day. Wow. Huh. Yeah. So it makes makes making a long line pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that that's a good introduction to Massachusetts trapping. And, and it's good and bad, right? It's good that you're you're still able to trap. It's frustrating. Um, but But I am glad to hear that you guys are still able to to do some level of trapping there and uh and you're not giving up yeah i try to i try to look at it look at the positive um 
I, I'm kind of the opinion. I'm like, well, if I, I've had some success with cages. You know, I do some damage work. Man, I should be lights out when I start putting some footholds and, and, and <laughs> dog boots and, and yeah. running regular con bears and stuff. I, I should be. I should clean up. I'm gonna. I'm gonna run out of breathing space mighty quick. Um, and, and the lure and you use the uh, the long distance call lure that worked all right on the cage cage sets. Yeah, I got. I got some. I, I, I ran mostly for fish, right? I didn't get one this year, unfortunately. Um, but I literally, I literally, I had, I had tracks around them, and I had some denials. When I think sometimes, you know, whatever, they just see that box, and they just, they want no part of it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also like you were saying. I think it was last episode with the Lynx exclusion devices. It's the same thing. You know, if you don't have the right size cage or a big enough cage, they just, they won't go in it. Yeah. You know? Not if they don't need to. And, uh, boy, it's amazing. And and it's it the 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 point is you see those tracks and I'm thinking if I could catch just half the animals that come to my sets, I'd be crushing them. It would be unbelievable <laughs> because you, know, I, you when you have 20 30 sets of tracks to to different sets for every animal you catch, um you start to shake your head a little bit. Jeremiah, I'm going to lose sleep if I think about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> so it i i post i post stuff up like i'll post up a youtube video of a fisher caught in a box but what you don't see is the 20 boxes that i visited that had tracks going to the box going around the box stepping on top of the box po- poking their head in a little bit and walking away <laughs> i used to i used to joke i'm like everyone says oh checking traps it's like christmas morning i'm like i feel like my parents are atheists sometimes <laughs> i'm going to check the line I got nothing <laughs> Yeah, but we do catch occasionally, and that's what makes it worth it. So, uh, it, yeah. is there anything? It just, takes one, it just it takes one one catch to light the fire again. Absolutely, yeah. You gotta chase it. You gotta chase it. So, uh, anything else that we haven't covered? You want to talk about? I'm sure, man. But I, I, I sure I, I should I should get rolling. I gotta got uh, things to tend to and fur to put up and freezer space to clear. <laughs> I like it. Awesome. Well, Patrick, thanks very much for, for coming on and talking trapping with us. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on.